I am the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to my first time, the podcast, all about catching up on the little things in life that we've missed out on a classic TV show, a film, something we've never seen before. Will we see what the fuss is or be left wondering what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Bonsoir. Aiden. Catchphrase. And this week we're kicking up our heels and showing mirth across our faces through the moistened skies of Singing in the Rain. It is my first time, gentlemen. This is the first one uh, of the season for me and it is the old musical singing in the rain uh i'm just interested to know did either of you watch this for the first time or are you singing in the rain vets i thought i had seen it before turns out i hadn't but i definitely had seen big chunks of it Mm. i've definitely seen it before um i think probably only twice but uh i've i'm familiar with it Hmm, interesting. Why do you think you'd missed it, Aiden? I don't like musicals. They are pointless. Why do people sing? Why, why do you break out in singing? That doesn't happen in real life. I, it makes no sense. Why not just say it? People would be able to understand what you were thinking and feeling a lot better if you voiced it like I am doing currently. Can can I just shout out to my partner, Kirsty right now, who said, Aiden, that you would say exactly that right off the bat. <laughs> A woman that I have met briefly for about 30 seconds once has figured me out quite well. <laughs> yeah, well, she's an avid listener. And she was like, Aiden's going to hate this. And this is what he's going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think my opinion would be, Aiden? Um, Kurt, well, I'll say Kirsty said that you would probably be in the same boat, not, uh, not enjoying it, not a musical fan, um, and that I would have to really double down to support this film. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, interesting. I don't know. Good to know that you're may, maybe not speaking just for yourself in this podcast. That you have a little bit of pressure on the home front. Yeah, representing the musical the community. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'm a fan of musicals. I like musicals, but uh, there's definitely a little bit of pressure. <laughs> I don't mind a musical on a stage if I'm seeing a, a friend in an amateur theatre production. <laughs> or that's I your probably that's the peak. That's your peak. Yeah, when I go to see Eden uh, <laughs> sing and dance across the stages of Adelaide, yeah, in or when of I the maybe opera. just get free tickets to a musical somehow, I will enjoy it on stage, but I will never go out of my way to watch a musical uh, on a screen. So over the course of my relationship uh, with my wife, we have gone to many musicals because she loves them, um, starting with uh, Mary Poppins and uh, Matilda 
and a heap of different ones. And it doesn't matter how much that ticket costs, I'll fall asleep in it. Like that's a guarantee. It's a comfy seat. It's a dark room. And I do not care what's happening on the stage one bit. It's a pleasant little nap for me usually. But you do that in the cinema as well? No, because I want to be there. Oh, you, but you you like quirk. music. You're a fan of music in general. Why, Correct. Why, why does the the visual sort of like singing stuff not work? Well, for me, music has depth, and ha- you know the meaning is not just thrown upon you straight away. Like I wonder what I'm thinking. Ha ha ha! Like 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 they're singing what they're thinking, as opposed to like penning out lyrics and making you work for it, making you like, oh, I wonder what they're going for there. Oh, it's a metaphor. But whereas this, they're literally describing what they're doing. I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> it doesn't get much more literal and obvious than that. Who's your favourite band, Aiden? My favourite band uh, would be yeah. uh, Green Day or Reliant K. It's usually depending on who's released the latest album. A Green Day known for their incredible lyrical depth. I wouldn't say that's what they're known for. <laughs> and ironically, they have put together a musical um, that I've seen twice. <laughs> oh. oh, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Aren't we all, aren't we all hypocrites? Your, your credibility just evaporated. I've got no credibility. <laughs> <laughs> all right well for the listener at home that perhaps hasn't seen singing in the rain either it does not have the g on the end of singing but i think most people say the title as singing in the rain i i, I want us all to commit to the proper pronunciation tonight uh so for you you at home here's a little rundown of the musical What happens to the stars of silent film when sound comes to Hollywood town? That's the question at the heart of the 1952 musical classic, Singin' in the Rain. Set in the late 1920s at the transition from silent film to talkies, Singin' in the Rain tells the contrasting fates of movie stars Don Lockwood, Gene Kelly, who is also the movie's co-director, and a man if you don't like old films, and Lena Lamont, Gene Hagen, who form a formidable on-screen partnership in the silent era. But the arrival of full sound pictures threatens to derail both of their careers as Lena's horrible hick twang turn faithful fans into howling hecklers. But Don and his musical mate Cosmo Brown, who both have a history on the vaudeville stage, have a brainwave. They can rewrite Don and Lena's latest period piece, The French Cavalier, and turn it into a jazzy musical. And better yet, they can dub over Lena's screech and horrid song with the talented acting and resonant singing voice of Don's new girl, Kathy Selden, thereby launching Kathy to stardom. All goes swimmingly until Lena finds out about the plan, and in a fit of prima donna hysteria, she forces the studio to pretend that the voice and singing of Kathy actually belong to her, thereby dooming Kathy to life as her secret voice. 
but an overconfident and egotistical Lena makes the mistake of addressing a teeming audience at the film's premiere and is goaded into singing for her adoring fans. This gives Don, Cosmo and studio head R.F. Simpson the opportunity to pull the curtain from under Lena and unveil Kathy as the movie's true talent. In between all this plot is a string of musical and dance routines that celebrate the vaudevillian history of Hollywood, where entertainers could act, goof, sing, dance, and tap their way into the hearts of the people. At the time of its release, Singin' in the Rain was only a modest success, garnering a decidedly satanic profit of $666,000, <laughs> making it the 10th highest grossing film of the year. Critics enjoyed its pace and humour and its breezy good nature, but did not hail it a masterpiece at the time. However, it's now widely regarded as the greatest musical of all time. Roger Ebert calls it a transcendent experience. But all that means not here in the My First Time studio, where it's all about the opinion of tonight's first timer, me. So what say I? Is singing in the rain as gloriously refreshing as a bright summer rain? or just an all-singing, all-tapping Hollywood water torture. So what is it, Dan? If yeah. I could only pick one of those two things, it's definitely an all-singing, all-tapping Hollywood water torture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, it's, it, what, yeah, what, why? <laughs> Look, to, to be honest, I, I, it's, I'm not fully in Hollywood water torture. I, I, I do have to say, I have respect for uh, the era of vaudeville. Like, I, I like that era where the performers could literally do anything. They'd do comedy skits, they'd play guitar, piano, sing, dance, and, and this, they'd, they'd have, they had to have these amazing repertoires in order to succeed and, and entertain people in this era of time where you were looking for variety whenever you went to see a show this was uh, entertainment for the working class this is life before tv and radio and all those sorts of things like an episode so, of I... hey hey it's saturday yes yeah. like an episode of <laughs> hey hey it's saturday very much so actually uh so look i i like that part of it i have respect for the performers some of the singing and dancing it, look the dance routines are quite excellent i can respect the skill of the performer but i will not enjoy the movie it's interesting that you said in your intro dan that it was classed as one of the greatest musicals of all time because i would argue that it's technically not really a musical it's a dancical because there are so much more time spent in that film just with like music playing, no actual singing, no actual words, and them just dancing around the screen. I'm like, cut this out, get to the point. These, these five-minute-long dance routines are unnecessary. Was there not a lot of dance routine in the Green Day musical? A lot of air guitar, a lot of air guitar going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, come in strong with some defense here, Eden. Tell us why it is a transcendent experience. Well, I, I'm going to say, like, I don't think it is necessarily a transcendent experience. I think that's a big call. And I also don't think it's the best musical of all time. What is then? What is the American best musical Idiot. of all time? American <laughs> Idiot. We've talked about it a few times already. I don't know why we keep bringing it up. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My favourite musical would probably be something like Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd. I'm a huge Stephen Sondheim fan. Sweeney Todd is good. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, 
I, I do like musicals. I think Singing in the Rain, I think, Aiden, you're right. There is a lot of dancing in there. Um, yeah. And I think that after, like, the first third of the film, the pacing of Singing in the Rain does slow down a fair bit. Because um, it opens so strong uh, with, like, these great numbers and, like, really fast-paced stuff with, you know... Uh, Gene Kelly ex- escaping from the premiere and meeting Debbie Reynolds and, and all of that kind of happens really in this like chaotic whirlwind. But then after that, it does slow down a bit and uh, it, it loses some of the traction for me. Um, that said, there's so much in it that's enjoyable. I understand there's a lot of dancing and not actual sort of singing musical bits, just like musical interludes where they're dancing mm. like crazy. But... It is a lot of fun. There's a lot of wacky stuff. Like, I love the producer of the films who's constantly got this, like, fast-talking Hollywood producer shtick going. Um, I love the, like, spinning newspapers (laughs) coming up on screen all the time. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of fun, hammy stuff in it, which I think was appropriate for that era of film. Yeah, I get that it's appropriate. I one of my early knocks on the film was just the the hamminess of the acting. <laughs> I, I didn't find it endearing. I, I, I even in a comedy, it was just so one note. Like, yeah, I I don't know if it was we're talking about the same guy, but the director of the movie that they're working on it was just like such bad acting. Like he's just playing that frustration, and it's like. Ooh, no, I, 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 yeah, no, I, was... I liked that. I, I think we are talking about the same guy, the guy who uses like you know, ah, oh, you're a wise guy, eh? Kind of. Yeah, the guy that the guy that gets really mad in the scene where she won't sing into the microphone is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, no, we don't know. Yeah, but yeah. There's too much hammy acting to narrow there's it down. That's acting, what we've yeah. discovered here. I didn't even like the the lead, the the girl playing Lena. I thought that was a really one note performance that yeah. i just and her voice just was so irritating and so obviously not how somebody would ever sing or talk like just too <laughs> categorically terrible it was a caricature makes you love it, debbie reynolds more no <laughs> uh, mm. can you defend uh, that i'm gonna make you defend all the parts Ooh, of this film okay. i didn't right, like um, eden i think that like her terrible voice was just to like show oh no like she's awful she can't possibly do movies with like recorded audio in it so we couldn't have possibly got that from a more subtle nuanced performance yeah i don't think they knew what nuance was in the 1950s (laughs) i think in 1952 if you're doing a movie called singun in the rain (laughs) it had to be big and over the top I mean, look at, um, what's his name? Donald O'Connor's performance. <laughs> There's nothing nuanced about it, I don't think. <laughs> like, Who's Donald O'Connor? Is that Cosmo, the friend? Yeah, that's the friend. The one who does, yeah. like, uh, make him laugh, and he does that insane dance routine very early on in the film. Like, that's that one of the nuts. best bits of the film for me. I, I thought insane. that dance routine was great. I thought he was the standout of the film. Like, he was yeah. entertaining when on screen. I'll give it that. Yeah. I've got yeah. a great fact about that dance routine that I gleaned off the internet. He was a four-pack-a-day smoker. And at the conclusion of the filming of that routine, he had so 
stuffed himself and his lungs were blown up that he had to be hospitalized. <laughs> Four I, packs a I day. Also... Like, just think about that. Like, so we're having a pack for breakfast, a pack for morning tea, a pack for lunch. And a <laughs> no, no, no. For... Half a pack for morning tea, half a pack for afternoon. Sure. Space yeah, not an animal. Yeah. <laughs> but just like logistically, I... how do you even find the time to do that? <laughs> I also heard that fact, but I also heard, and I don't know if this is true, that like when he was like out of hospital and returning to the set, that uh, Gene Kelly came up to him and was like, oh, we're, you know, so happy you're back. Do you think you could do it again? Because we didn't get it on film. <laughs> and he was did he just it again. Him? No, I think he actually had to do it again. I think it's something went wrong with the filming. But oh. again, I don't know how true this is. <laughs> right. The other fascinating story I read of similar dance-related uh, illnesses is that apparently Gene Kelly was extremely ill with a 39-degree fever when they filmed his famous Singing in the Dance, uh, Singing in the Dance, <laughs> Singing in the Rain song where he's on the, you know, all by himself in the puddles and on wow. the light poles. Light poles. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I heard that uh, Debbie Reynolds... Uh, who could dance, but was not as like not nearly as talented as like Gene Kelly or Donald O'Connor, or at least hadn't done as much as them. Uh, apparently, Gene Kelly was quite aggressive and uh, uh, relentless when it came to her performance, and apparently, yeah, it was a, quite a traumatic experience for Princess Leia's mum. Say so what? Oh yeah, I didn't make that connection. I've, I did know that, but I didn't put the two together in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Hollywood royalty. Oh, yeah. And Wait, I think you can see it a bunch of times. I'm confused. Natalie Portman it was <laughs> the mum of the, the main person in this film. I'm, what? Uh, see, the thing is, these characters that you know and love from the Star Wars films are actually played by actors. Yeah. Um, and these <laughs> actors... Yeah, but Natalie Portman is the actress. <laughs> I guess uh, Carrie Fisher's mum, to be a bit clearer. Well, isn't Star Wars set in the past? It works. It was a long yeah, time ago, past. yeah. Yeah, but that, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That is Natalie Portman. That's her mum. Her character, that's her mum. Hey, Natalie you, Portman. You're really mom? flogging this joke, Aiden, I'm not. not that's legit. That, you've picked the wrong character, haven't you? No, I'm, You're I'm saying that sure. Debbie Reynolds is Natalie Portman's mum. No, I'm saying the I'm saying the other way around that that Princess Leia's mum is Natalie Portman. Princess Leia's mum is because uh, Natalie Portman, of course, is Padme Amidala from yes. the Star Wars prequels. Yes, which isn't that Anakin like her and Anakin uh, get it on and have the twins? Do you not in Star Wars? He's not saying Debbie Reynolds played the mother. The, the character mother of the character Princess Leia. He's saying that no, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds is the is mother Carrie Fisher's of mother. Carrie Fisher. Oh, in real actor. life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you meant that there was some, there was like, uh, you got the actresses confused or something oh, or in the, in the Star Wars. <laughs> I was like, you are really committing I'm to not, this bit, Aiden. I this is like I, I Norm MacDonald-esque commitment. <laughs> uh, I love that I'm being compared to Norm MacDonald. Um, <laughs> no, it was just just confusing for me. <laughs> oh, boy. How do we recover the podcast from this point? <laughs> is, 
Is there a favorite song of anyone? Does anyone have a moment that they really enjoyed? I really like uh, the Good Morning song. I don't know if it's Good Morning or Good Morning. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think that's a catchy little number, and it kind of reinvigorated me at that point in the film where, I, like I was saying, it sort of felt like it had slowed down a bit. I feel like it's a good, catchy tune. That is a song that gets sung in my house at least once a week by my wife. Wow. And I... Uh, <laughs> Hero sing it constantly when, you know, the like p- getting the boys up in the morning, our kids and stuff. And I'm always, oh, yeah, cool, singing that song again. And then when it popped up in the film, I was like, oh, it's because of this. That's why you sing that all the time. Oh. Um, it just, Did that make it, the song worse? <laughs> it, would, it, just, it was just a bit more of an origin story for my wife, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, uh, I got one for worse song. Just because it was so pointless. And I was like, what is this doing other than taking up minutes of the film? And it's a reasonably long film. It feels longer than it is for me. Oh, yeah. But that's a, that's a discussion point for another day. Uh, was the song oh, Moses Toses of Made of Roses or Moses Picks Roses with his Toses? No, that's a good one. That song, Blue, that was awful. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously for Moses, he knows his toes ain't roses, as Moses supposes his toes to be. No, you're killing me just saying it. For listeners, um, this is not being recited from a a book in front of Eden. No, no, no. He's (laughs) um, memorized that. I know this bit. (laughs) (laughs) I am not ashamed of that. Yeah. I think that's a good little number. <laughs> that's a man with too much time on his hands. <laughs> it's a uh, musical. I, I know a song. Even the bits that were impressive just went too long. You know the like the the Broadway song that is actually a song that they put into the re-film of the French Cavalier, and sort of starts it sort of tells his journey from vaudeville to Broadway, but then it goes into this weird place where he's dancing with this woman and then they're suddenly in a white tunnel i don't know it was kind of cool but it's so long but yeah, the, no. by this point my soul just was dying was shriveling like a prune I and actually i've got agree. to say that at this point too long yeah that is too ash long. ash really pushed for this she voted on our poll and this is my wife and this one by one vote, it was a one vote difference uh, between this and Whiplash. So it's I kind of blame her. It is her fault. I do blame her. And I blame her not because, you know, we all, lots of other people gave their one vote too, but I blame her because I was watching this next to her and she was kind of doing some work on her laptop. And she looked over at me. She said, oh, this is awful. I was like, <laughs> what? You other one who wanted to watch this. She originally told me that she wanted to do this one because she would watch it with me. She didn't watch it with me. She did marking, or she doesn't mark, she's not a teacher, but she did something like that on her laptop <laughs> while do, I watched this movie. Did she do your marking for you? Is that what we've just stumbled across? Hang on. Well, look, maybe. This is, can I actually, no, this is the quote. I forgot, I actually wrote it down in my notes. This is the quote. Uh, she said, oh, oh, this is awful. I said, well, give some detail about that. And I'll quote you. She said, well, I didn't know this was a musical. I thought it was just one song. Yeah. I'm sorry I voted for this. I thought it would be magical. 
Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. Hold so on. she thought it was a normal film with just a singular song in it. Well, and thanks. presumably that song being singing in the rain. Yeah, yeah. presumably. Yeah. Of course, how, so many films have just one song in them. It's, that seems completely. <laughs> this is the same woman who made me go to see the Russell Crowe musical Les Mis <laughs> uh, while on holiday in San Francisco. And like 10 minutes into the movie goes, oh, this is awful. I didn't know they would just sing the whole time. <laughs> I knew that they would sing the whole time and I fucking hated that thing. I thought it was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, if I want to go see Russell Crowe sing, it's a 30-odd foot of grunt gig or nothing else. <laughs> hey, if you're... Um, if you're putting this film out and uh you know you didn't have a title yet um what do you think you would have called this other than singing in the rain because i didn't think that was the most obvious title like i didn't think it was the standout song for me i would have gone with make him laugh you thought make him laugh was a bit more of a it's a better song and and it sort of summed up the film in general make him laugh's not gene kelly's song though and he's like the sort of director star of it so i'd right. say that's probably why they went for singing in the rain yeah i would have called it the artist and released it in about 2011 <laughs> because it has the exact same plot <laughs> but the artist is a good film entertaining therein I, lies the difference <laughs> i prefer the film the artist to singing in the rain but i'm not gonna say that singing in the rain is bad because i think it's got a good 45 minutes in there oh wow that's such a low bar that is such a low bar we are seeing the true you come out now as you veer away from your prepared lines that your wife has fed you (laughs) let's break this down to a percentage so that's less than a third of the film you found good no, I feel like that's about half of the film. Oh, no, the film bit, goes for three hours if it's only 45 no, minutes. It doesn't go for three hours. We've got to sort this out. You you messaged us on our group chat and said, oh, three hours. My version and Eden's version went for one hour and 40 minutes. What did you watch? I'd swear it went for three hours. I watched an hour and a half the first night and an hour and a half the next night. Are you talking about <laughs> Heat, the movie we did for our last podcast? <laughs> So you've either you've either watched some like awful director's cut, or it's just felt that long because it's such a uh, water torturous film. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do, do both of you think that the first like thirty minutes are torturous? Because I thought that the pace was pretty relentless early on. Like I understand it was hammy. I understand there were some like longish dance bits in there. But I thought the first part of the film was actually pretty well paced, pretty physical, had some good comedy, had some good songs in there. What do you think? It's hard to comment on comedy from 50, 60 years ago, because obviously, you know, jokes have progressed. It's it's just the way it is. Uh, I did like the premise when they set up the premise of the film, I thought that was like, oh, this is a really good idea for a film. Like the and they do that like extended flashback sequence. <laughs> yeah, they just removed all the songs. It'd be much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you've hit on something, Eden. I do remember thinking in the first thirty minutes, like, oh, this is all right, and I'm not loving it to bits, but 
I like it enough that I'm glad that I'm catching up on this classic film that I haven't seen. But man, my my mood changed. One final question before we get to the scores. Do you think people in the 1950s really said darn tooting as much as they do in this film? Darn tooting they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the scores. We will return after these messages. It is time to recommend our favourite pop culture of the past couple of weeks. We're going to keep the time limits tight once again. 20 seconds to make a case for whatever you have been enjoying. Aiden, your time begins now. I'm going to recommend a other podcast called The Hit Parade, and it essentially works its way through uh, musical eras, but it picks a certain month and year and works towards that. Uh, and it's Five really seconds. interesting if you're into like really nerdy music knowledge and things. Uh, highly recommend the... Um, and your time uh, is up. Eden, your time begins now. I'm going to recommend something that uh, is not particularly new. I have been reading Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> recently. And I know we took a massive dump on the first movie, but I have, since, I have since read the first, second, and now the third book. And you know what? They ain't too shit. Time. Time. <laughs> Oh, don't you try to be cool on the end there by like throwing in your throwing in a cuss word. word and trying to be <laughs> legy, even though you're reading <laughs> Harry Potter and loving it. <laughs> they're they're a decent read. I don't know. They're a bit of That's embarrassing. they're so easy. Just, they're so easy. If you're to gonna read. love it, just be unashamed, Eden. would you? No, I, well, I'm, I am ashamed though. <laughs> I think you will remember when we did the uh, Harry Potter film on this podcast. I hated it because I loved the book so much and I wasn't uh, happy with the way it was uh, played out on the screen. I love that. You two are really books. bonding over things recently. Yeah, Is that okay? They're coming together. Left out. No, I just feel sad for the two of you and what you've become. Yeah, this is an olive branch. I'm I'm willing to check out the things that I have mm. since said that, oh, I wasn't a big fan. Maybe I can expand my mind. I hope mm. that we can all be so open-minded. Dan, you raise a good point, and I just wonder if I should spoil the whole series for Eden right now and throw out some um, whoa, characters whoa, whoa. that die. No, um, okay, well, I have... I have seen the movie series. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's not really spoiling it then. Okay. All right, Dan, what are you, no. what are you recommending, Dan? Uh, is the time on? Sure. Uh, or do I, do I have unlimited time? No, you don't have unlimited time. How dare you? Uh, 20 seconds. Your time starts now. I'm jumping on the global bandwagon. I have, uh, in the past week, consumed the entirety of Squid Game and thoroughly enjoyed it. Quite lovely. Uh, well, not lovely, but entertaining, interesting. Five seconds. And look, by now you probably know whether you're going to watch it or not, but watch it. It's great. Time. What's what's Squid Game? Is it like a board it's game a, or something? It's a documentary. It's the latest uh, David Attenborough. David Attenborough? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Check it out. You, you'll love it. <laughs> he plays chess with squids. Interesting. <laughs> I would think you'd go to octopuses for that, but that's just me. He does not win very often. 
<laughs> Tactical blunders. <laughs> It is time to get to the scores. iPhone test. Eden. I'm going to go with a three. I think that, you know, it's an older film. I'm giving it a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there, but it didn't keep me the whole way through. Half the movie, I was not on my phone because there was so much physical stuff going on. Aiden. <laughs> Numero uno, just the one. Ooh, that's low. Um, iPhone test for me, not great, to be honest. 1.5. Very much on my phone every time they were singing. Cultural significance, Eden? I think that there is cultural significance. I'm actually going to give it a 4. Even though, like, you know, you've got... It's such a well-known movie, Singing in the Rain. And then you've got the famous scene of him singing in the rain... I think the Good Morning song is fairly well known. I think it's got it is in my house. Significance. Well, there you, there, you, there you go. You didn't even know it was from the movie. <laughs> I think yeah. one four. Yeah, I reckon I have to throw it out there as well. Maybe th- I'll go a little bit less, but three and a half. Like if you those three songs, Singing in the Rain, Make Him Laugh, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Good Morning. Good Morning. Like <laughs> they are all well known, and you can sing along with them within. 30 seconds of listening to it like they're pretty they're pretty famous and i think cultural t- touchstones for sure i think for me you can't deny that the films had a massive impact on pop culture it's one of those ones where we've talked about before though where watching the whole film doesn't actually give you much more yeah. connection to it pop culturally than just seeing a few clips of the famous song and maybe watching a YouTube clip or two. So, look, definitely had cultural impact. I'm going to go with a three and a half as well because, honestly, you could just watch like 10 minutes on YouTube and that's as good as seeing the whole film. Returnability, Eden? I'm going to go with a three. I think you can come back, you can watch it, but you're probably going to be on your phone a little bit more. Aiden? Zero. No, please. Please, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm going to give it a zero, too. I I hope that I never have to watch this movie again in any form. It's got some catchy numbers. And Debbie Debbie Reynolds is stunning and talented and fantastic. Is Kirsty just out of frame right now holding a gun to your head, Eden? (laughs) No, are you crazy? (laughs) Kirsty's not standing right next to me with a weapon. That would be ludicrous. (laughs) Partner friendliness, Eden. Uh, I'm going to go with a five. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think, look, honestly, I know, I know Dan, you were saying that um, your wife was like, this, this is terrible, but I think it's a good partner movie, even if your partner doesn't like musicals, even if it doesn't go down well, it can still be a really wholesome, fun experience for a date. Fair enough. Aiden? It's interesting because when we do the partner rating, we always think about the other person, you know, the partner. Like, what are they going to think of it? Is it friendly for uh, a date of of, of somebody? Um, But... I guess when a partnership is made, it's of two people and this particular person did not enjoy it. So I can't give it 
full marks as my wife would like to give it because she is a huge fan of this film um, and is probably throwing her um, listening device at bricks at the moment because she's so angry with my um, review of this. So I'm going to give it a three. Balancing her love, my hate. I do think there's enough in there for 45 minutes and then, I don't know, make out or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, it's going to appeal to uh, quite a few people. I can see its jauntiness. I can see the romance angle as being enjoyable on a date night. Maybe it's a moonlight cinema type experience that somebody might enjoy. But I think it's going to whiff for a lot of people as well as just, oh, can we just put something else on? Two and a half. All right, let's add up those numbers and we'll be back in a minute. Mr. Lawrence loved the boat. He gave me the order. Oh, way to go, partner. Let's have some coffee. Only half a cup. I thought you liked fresh brewed coffee. Mm, I love it. It's the caffeine. Look. Brim decaffeinated coffee? Uh Uh-huh. Mmm. Wow, if it tastes this rich, fill it to the rim. With brim. Fill your cup to the rim with the richness of brim. Well, the scores have returned from the accountant's chamber, and it's a respectable... 29 for singing in the rain after all that after it was more heavily criticized than a lot of the things on our podcast that comes in uh, above uh, recent uh, podcast entry heat comes in above films such as uh, bad boys on 23 romper stomper on 28 and a half jaws on 28 and a half and just below rambo first blood which really is a a nice sandwich rambo first blood singing in the rain and then jaws so uh, (laughs) just slotting perfectly in there between those two films so yeah do you think uh do you think your lovely wife will be happy with that eden uh you know what i think that she will understand that i defended it to the best of my abilities (laughs) um and (laughs) My wife knows that I think the movie is a solid uh, 7 out of 10. Oh, stop sucking up. That You, you do not actually think that number is that high. There's no I think, way. I think 7. I think it's a 7. But then again, like 7 is kind of, for me, an average film. I think if it's a 5, then it shouldn't have been made. This is uh, what your wife said on Instagram when I asked people for their opinions. She said, a feel-good musical anyone with joy in their heart can enjoy. We're dead inside. I'm happy to say. I'm I'm happy to say I must be dead inside (laughs) because... I feel like I had more joy in my heart before watching this movie. Yeah. Kirstie said that this is how it would go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, on our next podcast, it's getting a little bit magical. It's the Christmas time of year, and we are going to be doing a Christmas classic. Before we recorded tonight's podcast, we went online to uh, various lists of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, and we have found eight, eight films that between us, at least one of us have not seen. And over the next few weeks will be, uh, or days or however 
whatever time frame I can be bothered to do these polls in, we will be putting uh, this to your vote uh, in a sudden death type uh, scenario. The movies are, for those interested in playing along at home, The Polar Express, The Grinch, Ernest Saves Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas, Gremlins, Love Actually, Christmas with the Cranks, and It's a Wonderful Life. It's a good mixed bag. You know, there's some scary ones in there. There's some kids ones, some cartoons, some old classics. Um, I, I I dare and say Christmas with something the for everyone. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> Christmas in the Cranks. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see what the my first time listeners would like us to review for our Christmas special edition podcast. So... Uh, find us on Instagram if you haven't already and participate in the polls. They've been quite popular. There uh, been some surprising results. So we're very interested to see what happens this time. Go democracy. Democracy indeed. Yay, democracy.